This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Changing Lenses, a unique perspective on health and wellness. Our purpose is to share the nurse's story. Changing Lenses is based on the narrative of the personal journey of six nurses. It will take shape over a six-week period. These radio interviews allows you, the listener, to hear the story, the human story of nurses, their successes, challenges and how they see the world around them. My name is Anna Aikman and this is Changing Lenses. Today, Joanne Kennedy joins us in the studio. Jo has been a mental health nurse for over 37 years, having trained in the hospital system in 1970s in Christchurch. Jo has worked in various areas of mental health, including acute adult inpatient uh, unit, the community, nursing education, child and youth, emergency triage, mothers and babies and eating disorders. Jo has also previously worked in Australia and is currently working in New Zealand. She has a passion for child and youth mental health. Good morning, Jo. Good morning, Anna. So, Joanne, you're also known as Jo in uh, the work that you do. Is there a preference for how you would like uh, to be called today? No, Anna, I have no preference. I get called both. Um, my family have always called me Joanne. Um, my oldest friends probably have known me as Joanne, but um, over you know my lifetime of uh, working in nursing, I've been you know called Joe as often as I've been called Joanne, and I respond to both. So one of the first things I'm probably curious about, uh, Joe, is that um, looking at your um, bio, you have worked in mental health for a long time. And I'm curious about why you came into nursing, why you chose that as your profession. Uh, I, growing up, I never uh, planned to be a nurse. It wasn't something I dreamed of um, as, as a child or as a teenager. Um, in fact, I always wanted to be a teacher. Um, and I applied to, get, to go to Teachers College um, in my last year of school and didn't get accepted into Teachers College and I had a very good friend who was who was uh, planning on going mental health nursing, um, psychiatric nursing it was called in those days. Um, and so I applied for that and, um, and that's where I ended up. Um, but having said that, my mother was a nurse. Um, I guess I was always drawn to some kind of work that involved that was going to involve uh, working with people, um, and I guess I've always been interested in the human mind and how the mind works, um, and so it's not really um, sort of surprising that I ended up um, in the field of uh, you know psychiatric nursing or mental health nursing as it became. Yeah. It's a really interesting time for nurses as we understand uh, the human mind more and the neuroscience around how our brain ticks these days. 
How do you uh, utilise this in your nursing and the decisions that you make and the care for your uh, people that you care for? Well, that's true, Anna. We do understand um, quite a lot more than what we used to understand about um, the human brain. And we certainly um, have um, come to understand the uh, concept of neuroplasticity. Um, And that... um, provides us with a lot of hope that um, thinking patterns and behavioural patterns that have developed over um, many years um, and emotional responses don't have to be set, that there is the um, potential for people to continue to grow and develop um, and learn new ways of uh, being and new ways of coping, new ways of um, responding to the world around them. Uh, so, you know, that gives us a lot of, um, uh, yes, hope for people to be able to continue to um, grow and develop. And that fits in very well with uh, the basic um you know, education that we had when I started nursing, which was um, sort of based on Carl Rogers' um, idea of um, empathy and um, genuineness and um, positive regard um, and that idea that, you you know, connecting with people, using those, um, those principles, those qualities... And knowing that you can connect in that way and with this idea that people can grow and develop and change using those 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 things. Certainly for um, a number of our uh, health clients, the neuroscience and the neuroplasticity around um, how our brains work under stress and under pressure uh, certainly gives validation for many of our patients when we can see it on the MRI scans mm. or the scans that we have these days. So it's a very exciting um, science now. Yes, and I think that's very true. It's um, helpful to explain to people about um, you know the role of stress hormones and um, the role of what, what happens with our fight-flight system when we're under stress and uh, what happens when we have uh, adrenaline surging through our system and, um, and the ways that the fight-flight uh, system can um, manifest itself in our uh, emotional and behavioural responses. Um, and I think, yes, it is very helpful for people to, um, to understand that, to understand what's happening to them physically and... Uh, and how that then can affect them psychologically, um, emotionally, um, interpersonally, and, um, and, and, and generally. And once they understand that, then they can see that, um, that calming that, that those physiological responses down um, and, and starting at a, at a very kind of physical level, even with, with slowing down breathing um, and bringing attention back to the moment and to what's happening to themselves physically, that, that gives them a, a sense of control 
um, and that they are able to um, do some things that are going to make them feel a lot better. And that repeatedly doing those things over time um, changes some brain uh, pathways. Having been a uh, Christchurch uh, registered nurse in mental health for some time, Joe, the impact of the Christchurch earthquakes has been rather huge and diverse. And what do you, how do you feel that the impact has affected you and other nurses that you know? Uh, I think it's had a, a pretty significant um, impact. Um, I know it has on me personally um, and on people around me, on other nurses. Um, I guess one of the things that strikes me about the impact of the earthquakes is that uh, it, it's, an, a, it's a traumatic event going through an earthquake, but we didn't go through one earthquake. We went through many, many earthquakes, and um, when each time there's an earthquake, our fight-flight system goes into uh, arousal mode, and uh, those things I was talking about before, the adrenaline, the um, cortisol levels rise, the stress hormones. Um, and when that happens repeatedly um, over time, um, that certainly affects our um, emotional state and our sleep patterns, our mood, our decision-making, all those things. Um, so that's one of the things. And the other thing that really strikes me about the earthquake is, or the, the Christchurch earthquakes, is that uh, the earthquakes weren't the only thing that were going on in our lives as people living in Christchurch because life goes on. So all the things that happen to people in life, um, the stressful things, the difficult things, um, people getting sick, people dying, people having car accidents, um, um, all the normal kinds of um, difficult uh you know, uh, life events that are a part of life um, continue to happen as well as the earthquakes continue to happen. So, um, and at the same time as, as nurses and as people working in mental health and as people, as um, just being a, 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 a somebody who works in the health system, um, we all had to just continue to turn up and go to work and do what we needed to do for people, caring for people, uh, despite what was what was going on um, for ourselves. Thank you, Joe. It's certainly an insight um, and understanding that some of that trauma probably remains in Christchurch for uh, many. So. Um, you have chosen uh, a couple of songs that uh, resonate with you deeply. And so the first song we're going to listen to that Joanne has chosen is Arahura by Marlon Williams.
just been listening to Arahura by Marlon Williams, and this is Anna Aikman from Changing Lenses, a nurse's story. We are interviewing Joanne Kennedy today. So Joanne, the beautiful music, Arahura, how does that inspire you and how does that make you feel? I, I, I love that song. Um, I love Marlon Williams' voice. Um, I think he's a great singer, a great songwriter. He is a musician that kind of touches your heart. Um, he touches my heart anyway. Um, and he does it in a way where he, uh, where I, th- I think about the landscape when, when I hear that song. Um, I think about the mountains and the river and the land and our connection to the land. I guess Arahura um, has special meaning for me because it is um, an area on the west coast, north of um, Hokitika, and I grew up, I was born and spent my early years, um, my childhood on the west coast in Greymouth. Um, And my relatives uh, who came from Ireland in the 1800s came to that area, to Stafford, um, a small town north of Westport, to that area of um, the West Coast. And um, it would have been fairly unforgiving, a fairly unforgiving landscape around there. And so it has a, a fairly, I have a fairly strong connection to that song. And I think Marlon Williams, when he talks about that song, also talks about the uh, the connection to the earthquakes in Christchurch too, the unforgiving nature of um, of the land in relation to human to us as human beings. Yeah, certainly a very uh, powerful song, and thank mm. you for sharing your beautiful relationship yeah. with uh, Arahura. Yeah, I love it. And uh, so you spoke about Arahura being um, at the heart of who you are. So uh, what do you feel is at the heart of mental health nursing? I would say the concept of what we were taught was the therapeutic relationship and uh, that is the heart of mental health nursing practice for me. Um, and the therapeutic relationship is based on those concepts that I talked about before, um, empathy and genuineness, um, being authentic, listening, um, being fully present with somebody, non-judgmental. I don't know if if, if that's possible, but perhaps that Carl Rogers' idea of um, unconditional positive regard caring, all, all those kind of things that we were um, taught were associated with the, the concept of the uh, therapeutic relationship. So that's that's the, the essence of mental health nursing um, for me. And, and uh, uh, combined with the idea of um, the, the therapeutic milieu, they were the two kind of major concepts that um, were at the heart of nursing when I did my training and the therapeutic milieu is the idea of everything associated with uh, the environment Um, so there's the relationship between you and your patient um, but then there's the environment in which that relationship takes place and that includes things like 
you know, the the paint on the walls, the colour scheme, the um, the the light, the sun, the um, sun coming in through the windows, um, the cleanliness of the place, the comfort of the furniture, um, the the grass and the trees out out the out the door. Um, all, all of those kind of things, the food that's available for people to eat, um, the way that we as nurses um, dress, the way we present ourselves, um, the, the sounds, the music that might be around, the quiet that might be around, all of those kind of things that make up the therapeutic um, milieu. So, yeah, those two ideas, the therapeutic relationship and the therapeutic milieu, are the heart of psychiatric nursing or or what has now become mental health nursing. And I guess uh, as the years uh, have gone by, I've come to understand the idea of cultural safety as being another key concept underpinning um, mental health nursing. Um, I returned from working uh, seven or eight years working in Australia um, at the beginning of uh, the 1990s and Rahapiti Ramsden um, was very influential at that time in nursing and had developed the concept of uh, cultural safety and I came to understand that that it was more than just the therapeutic relationship and the therapeutic milieu, that there was another whole layer that was about uh, power relations and it was about culture and the lens through which we um, see the world and see other people and through which we understand uh, the situation that we're presented with as we're nursing somebody and so that's that had a huge influence on me and um, I deeply admire Arahapiti um, Ramsden's work and cultural safety has become the kind of third tenant um, that underpins um, my nursing practice and that's, that makes up what I consider to be the essence of um, mental health nursing. So Joe, how do you feel that Arahapiti Ramsden fits into this picture of health Arahapiti was a um, anthropologist and a nurse and an educator, a communicator, and um, she did her her thesis on um, the, this concept of cultural safety, and it was at a time where the um, treaty had, Treaty of Waitangi had been ratified as the kind of um, underpinning document that was going to, um, you know, influence all our systems within um, within New Zealand, the, uh, the education system, the health system, every other system, and um, so she took the, the 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 influence of the treaty on on health and on nursing to another level by. Um, by her work on cultural safety. And her um, big thing was really to uh, get nurses to understand that they come into nursing as culture bearers and that we come into every nursing situation 
with a with a um, patient as a culture bearer, that we bring our own culture and we see the world through our own cultural lens. And so she was very um, passionate about getting nurses to um, reflect on and understand their own culture rather than we as nurses assuming a lot of things about um, the patients that we were working with that um, it's very easy to go into a situation and see it through our own cultural lens and with lots of taken for granted assumptions and she helped us to reflect on that and um, understand what we what we bring through our own culture and through doing so we can then truly respect another person's culture recognise it and understand it and respect it. So how do you feel um, mental health nursing has changed? I think the basic uh, concepts that I talked about before are equally as relevant today. The therapeutic um, relationship is still at the heart of um, nursing. The, the milieu is equally important, although there has been a big shift from the institutions um, where I did my training at the old Sunnyside Hospital. Um, there's been a shift to a community focus um, and so most people who receive help from the mental health system now, most people wouldn't go into hospital, most people would receive um, that help um, as community care. There's a uh, there's some new medications around that are a little bit softer on side effects than some other medications that we used on, on, on the past, but they have their own side effects and uh, so on as well. Um, I guess there's an increased focus on the rights and the autonomy of the individual, and that's come about through the Health and Disability uh, Act, um, where they're uh, yeah, much, much increased focused on um, consumer rights and patient rights. Uh, there's some health and social and political determinant, economic determinants that have affected health, I think. I mean, there's poverty, there's family and social um, breakdown, th- those kinds of things, alcohol and drug abuse. Those kinds of things have all um, uh, affected what we face in 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 the mental health um, in our mental health work now. Um, particularly, some of the types of drugs that are um, that are present um, that present particular problems, um, synthetics and methamphetamine in particular, have um, have changed. You know the face of um, of mental health nursing. So, listening to uh, you share the story of uh, how things have changed and some of the challenges that are associated with uh, mental health nursing today, how do you care for yourself? I think um, friendships are really important to me. So, I'm very fortunate to have some um, a circle of um, really close, um, supportive friends who I have. Um, shared interests with and great fun with um, and uh, who are there through good times and bad and uh, spending time with those people and having fun together um, is 
is a big part of um, how I care for myself. Um, trying to keep some kind of uh, regular sleep um, routine, trying to, I'm not a great one for going to the gym or anything like that, um, and I don't play any sport, but I do uh, try and walk regularly. I participate in supervision. Um, I've been very involved in supervision, um, both as a supervisor and receiving my own supervision throughout um, most of my career in mental health nursing. Um, so supervision is uh, where you go and talk to another mental health nurse about your, your nursing practice and she helps you look in on your your nursing world, your work, work world, and what's happening within that world, what's happening with you and your patients, what's happening with you and um, family, uh, the families that you're working with, the other team members that you're working with. And so I've found that extremely helpful, and um, I su also supervise other nurses um, and provide that space um, and that relationship um, where they are able to do that as well. And I've been involved in the training program, training nurses to be uh, supervisors, as well, nursing supervisors as well. I practice some meditation and some mindfulness. Um, mindfulness has become kind of a bit of a buzzword these days, but it's become a pretty important part of, um, of um, my own self-care, um, that idea of staying fully present and staying in the moment and not letting our, our thoughts and mind and worries run away with us and staying connected to um, our own body. Uh, so the, uh, the main ways I look after myself, I love um, books and movies and um, stimulating conversations with um, friends and colleagues. My family are very important to me. Um, I've got two grown-up daughters, um, so spending time with them and having that connection with them is pretty precious. Thank you, Jo. And so what are your hopes for the future of nursing? I would like to um, see that uh, nurses can have an um, increased role, an increased um, autonomy, I guess, in the, their role of um providing holistic care to people um, with perhaps less focus on just the diagnosis or the medication but um, a, a more of a wellness focus and I feel really encouraged by uh, the mental health inquiry that has just um, been completed and the recommendations in that uh, inquiry are very much in the spirit of moving away, well, of, of recognising the important place that the medical model has in providing um, mental health care, but that there's much stronger kind of wellbeing focus and empowering people to um, be able to understand and learn and practice the things that they need to be able to do in order to take care of their... their um, their health, um, including their, their, their mental health. So 
That's that's what I'm hoping for for the future is a, a move to a more holistic focus, a more well-being focus, and um, and an expanded role for nurses. Um, with a greater focus on empowering people, on um, education. That's what I would really like to see. And I think we are moving that way. I guess the danger is that um, with uh, the financial uh, pressures that that kind of model is going to bring, um, that there may be a move to lots of um, unregulated caregivers and those kind of roles and that the potential that nurses end up doing the planning of the, the care and the overseeing the care and the signing off of the care but not actually doing that direct patient contact and I think that is a danger and I hope that we can find a way of moving forward in a way where nurses can still stay very um, directly involved with their patients. Thank you, Joanne. Uh, thank you for joining us in the studio today to share your wisdom and your experience and your wonderful sense of being that you bring to the studio here today. And in closing, we are going to listen to another song that you have chosen, and that song is called Pencil Full of Lead by Paolo Nutini. Can you just share a little bit about that song uh, with our listeners today? Well, I guess when I talked about... Um how I care for myself before. Um, I don't think I did actually mention music, but music is one of the really um, uh, most important things that I do to provide for my own uh, caring for myself. And uh, I just love this song because it's just um, fun and light and uplifting and I guess you could interpret pencil full of lead any way you like, but the way I've interpreted it is that it's about um, Paolo singing about life being full and having enough of everything he needs and I just love that and um, after a hard day at work it's great to come home and put on a song like that, music like that. Thank you Joe. and so you have been listening to Joanne Kennedy, registered mental health nurse today. Thank you. And we now will lead into Pencil Full of Lead, Paolo Nutini. Thanks, Sana. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Paolo Nutini. These are the Vipers, these guys. This song's called Pencil Full of Lead. Enjoy. Time. 
size of my car But most of the meantime strips for the scenes I'm out and about so I'm in with a shout I got a favorite shot but the better than not Food in my belly and a lights for my daily And nothing's gonna bring me down I'm on a blue and a Thank you for joining us. We look forward to your feedback. You can supply feedback on Anna at AnnaAikman.com. That's A-N-A-H at Anna, A-N-A-H, Aikman, A-I-K-M-A-N.com. Changing Lenses, a unique perspective is available on podcast on planesfm.org.nz. Type in Changing Lenses. Kakite anō. Until next time, go well, be well, and travel well. This is Anna Aikman, and you have been listening to Changing Lenses.